Hello and welcome back to another bonus episode of Internal Rambles. We are still reviewing season 14 of Married at First Sight. And this is the recap of episode 9 is Love on the Table. In this episode, some of the couples are still struggling. We see some get to a little bit of a better place, maybe just a temporary better place, and we see some still going through it and still being a little bit of a mess. So at the beginning of the episode, we see Steve and Noi, and Noi sets up a little scavenger hunt that was kind of cute I guess and she set up the scavenger hunt I think it was maybe like a park or a beach or something and a lot of the little places were reminiscent of some of the initial dates that she had with Steve and I think it was kind of her way of apologizing for her behavior (laughs) from the previous episode where she got upset and left and kind of went MIA for 24 hours and it gave them a bit of an opportunity to reconnect so it was cute honestly though when I saw it I was like this is probably romantic for other people but this would probably annoy me if I had to go all around these places trying to find my man but you know that's neither here nor there Also at the beginning of the episode, we see Lindsay and Mark still having a lot of stress, a lot of strain, a lot of strife, a lot of bickering. They are barely talking, and when they do talk, it's an argument. Lindsay is still expressing her discontent with Mark in the way that he responded to her when she kind of almost got into it with Katina at the bowling alley. And you know, Lindsay does a lot of digging at him. She doesn't fight or argue fair. She brings up that she believes that Mark acts very negatively toward her and then brings up a lot of the things that he's going through and just really kind of tears him down a lot. And it's like, how are you supposed to build a positive relationship with someone when you are kind of putting him down and talking really condescending to the next person, to the person? It's just like, that's not healthy disagreements. If you are unhappy with someone, talk it through, but you don't put the other person down so it's it's really kind of unfortunate that that she doesn't really communicate very effectively and he does it too but i think that she's i would say even worse (laughs) she's more worse is much more worse if that's proper english um sometimes and i and I do try, I will say this as a little disclaimer, when I am recapping these episodes, a lot of times it's a couple of days later, I try to do my best to have uh, my recaps be chronological to the way that things happen in the show, but a lot of times 
or sometimes things may not be necessarily the most chronological in the order that it occurs, but I do try my best to do that. <laughs> um, next in the episode, we see Jasmina and Michael. They are in a park and it starts out really positive. Michael has gifts for Jasmina's dog, Feeny. I think it's his way of saying, you know, I care about you or I like you and I know how much your dog's important to you. I want to, you know, show my care or like for your dog too. It's kind of an endearing gesture. So she really liked it and appreciated it. Appreciated it. Where it kind of goes downhill is when they start talking again about the fact that they have been having communication issues and Jasmina starts to harp again about the fact that she doesn't like the way he talks to her at times or has in the past and that his tone has been really sharp or really strong etc etc and then he you know pretty much says to her you know when I talk to other people or when I have had conversations with other people they haven't had issues with my tone and he's like you know if it, if it bothers you then teach me how to like tell me teach me how to communicate with you like what would be more effective or be more beneficial or how should I talk to you like what's gonna be better how can I communicate basically how can I communicate more effectively and better with you and she's just like well you should just know this I shouldn't have to teach this you know and it's just like he's attempting to a find a common ground with her and you know he's not saying necessarily that he doesn't know how to communicate he's just trying to figure out well if you you know if you're saying this is a problem for you will help me to learn how i can improve in this area and she just has this wall of well you should know you should already come equipped with this and so you know it goes back to what pastor cal said to her that she has to learn like he needs to work on his communication he's trying to do that but he what pastor cal said to her was that she also has to learn how to forgive and she it doesn't seem like she is there with him it's like he be talking to me crazy i'm kind of over it he ain't doing no better and it's like no he's trying you have to meet him halfway as well like communication takes both parties it's a two-way street it's not a one-way street and also when you are in a relationship it's all about growing and learning and he's trying to make that effort whether she sees it or not like he is you have to meet him halfway so the interaction with them at the park started off positive, but then it just got, it went to them rubbing each other the wrong way once again. So I'm going to kind of recap the rest of the episode couple by couple. I'm going to save Olajuwon and Katina to the end because it's a lot to unpack with them <laughs> but the experts gave the couples an activity to basically try to help them to grow closer together and the activity was just basically to discuss 
have they been in love in the past and how many times have they been in love I think that's a part of the discussion and then what it takes for them to fall in love and I think they had to discuss if they felt like they were falling in love or near love or where they were kind of currently with their spouse so I think I will start with Lindsay and Mark so with Lindsay and Mark Lindsay shared that she has been in love a few times but and the one thing about her is that when a relationship is over it's over for her and that she thinks that the one thing that she needs or helps her to fall in love is that the person has to be pretty much 100% present and and involved and engaged in the relationship and for Mark he shared that he has been in love before but it, it seems like it takes a lot for him to fall in love and that it, um, one of the things that Lindsay kind of picked up on was that he falls in love kind of after the fact so like it almost seems like he has to kind of break up with the person and it's kind of like you know you don't know what you got until it's gone and then he goes back and then he's like oh wait I'm in love or I you know I didn't know it but I was in love kind of thing and that's a concern for her that it does take that drastic of a situation to happen before he realizes that he actually really has feelings for someone so then later in the show the women they all get like pedicures and the men they I think they go I think they do like this archery thing so they spend time away from the spouses it's just the men it's just the women and so in talking with the men I think Mark kind of realizes that he really wants to put a little bit more effort and I think he just like wants to stop fighting with Lindsay so much and so he takes her out to a sushi dinner he apologizes for some of the negative behavior and really just kind of thanks her for supporting him and really being there for him through some of the challenges that he's been going through in his personal life and they kind of kiss and make well they don't really kiss but they make up and so maybe this is them I don't even know they probably will still keep arguing but it just it was a positive moment for them and and I hope that they can get past some of just like all the arguing it's just like you know they want to having disagreements is one thing but arguing and bickering and bringing each other down is a totally different thing so we will see what happens with Lindsay and Mark. So with Noi and Steve, basically I'm just going to quickly sum up with during the questions about like, have you ever been in love? All that stuff. Steve was really reluctant to talk about his relationship history and I don't really know what, what that was for him. And Noi was pretty much like, yeah, like I think that you know this is something that you should be able to discuss with me I'm not really understanding and then also he has been in love like she's pretty she pretty much had told him indirectly that 
she was in love with him and I guess she was kind of concerned that he hadn't said it back to her but ultimately at the end of the show I think they were on a beach somewhere and he and Steve did tell Noi that he was in love with her so that's the <laughs> that's the quick rundown with them so we will see what happens as I have been saying Noi and Steve are my um they're one of my favorite couples and I'm gonna go into there's there's a next episode's gonna be kind of there's some stuff gonna happen in the next episode but in this one they did both tell each other that they loved each other so very 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 interesting then we have Jasmina and Michael Jasmina has been in love a few times and she said that what helped her to fall in love was just being with someone that was respectful, helped her to feel good about herself and that there was a foundation of friendship first. And Michael said that he was had been in love once and one and a half times and that it was just with someone that he had a friendship with that he was able to feel vulnerable with and Jasmina was like well what how did you get to the point where you were able to be vulnerable and he's like you know it's just like I had that comfortability there and that's been a really big thing for her that you know she doesn't believe that Michael is being comfortable and vulnerable with her and like one of the things is that he comes home and he's like yeah I visited my brother's grave today's the anniversary of his death and she's like well if you would have told me I would have went with you but you know the thing about it is they really have been on such like not good terms where they've barely been talking it's like you know it wasn't probably in his first mind to be like well let me tell Jasmina you know um, but later on in the episode, Jasmina had um, planned out an activity where she was pretending to be like a fitness trainer, even though that's not really her thing. And it really kind of helped him to get his guard down. And so she asked him about some of the losses that he's had in his life because he lost his brother and his parents. And I think there was one other person, too, that was close to him and he lost his brother I think he said he was like six years old. It was something really young and it was a very traumatic experience for him. And he definitely became very vulnerable with her and started crying, started crying and everything. And so it was, a, you know, a, a moment where I think that he definitely opened up to her. But one of the things that I was watching another review and I definitely agree with them is that she focuses so much on what he needs to do what he needs to do and he's not communicating he's not being vulnerable but as if there isn't things that she needs to work on like she isn't forgiving him you know I don't think that she at times is communicating the best you know and it's like she puts so much onus on him for their relationship and I think that you know, like Jasmina and Michael are my other, my second favorite couple, but it's like she has to also take ownership 
and some of the weight of the relationship as well and put in that work and I'm not sure that she's doing that so that's going to be I think that could that 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 could potentially <laughs> be the detriment to them if she is just oh he needs to do everything he no you got to do a little work too now it definitely takes two to tango in a real any sort of relationship and definitely in a marriage last but not least katina and olajuwon lord have mercy where are the experts i i think that i understand why sometimes i wish that the experts intervened a little bit more but i do understand that they have to let them interact on their own but next episode the experts do in intervene or do meet with uh the the couples but oh man dr viviana is going to meet with them but so katina and elijah so them answering the questions one of the things i don't i can't remember what um elijah said in regards to has he ever been in love but one of the things that stood out was katina she mentioned that she had been in a verbally abusive relationship so that's why it's really hard for her to like show emotion and cry because he uh Olajuwon had mentioned like you know you don't really you know you're so closed off you don't really show emotion you know you didn't even cry at the wedding and she's like you know I was in one of my relationships where I was talked down to so much for crying. She's like, I, I pretty much learned not to cry because I didn't want to take that abuse. And he turned it around to, you know, crying is normal. It's natural. You should be able to cry. Listen, if you have been verbally abused, you know, and someone has berated you in some way for something and, you, you know, you, you learn, you develop a learned behavior not to do it so you don't take that abuse so it's not necessarily a light switch where you can be like okay i can turn this back on now i'm not in that relationship it doesn't work like that but it shows once again which i have i believe i have said his immaturity and one of the things that they they did ask one of the question was you know if he thought, I do think that, oh, well, let me ask the question. Sorry, <laughs> I get ahead of myself. The question was, you know, is love on the table? Do you think that you're falling in love? And he's like, yeah, love's not on the table for me. I'm not nowhere near love. And he harps on her, what he perceives to be her inadequacies. You don't cook, you don't clean. I have to help out. You know, all of these false perceptions of what he believes a wife should be all these 1940s <laughs> perceptions of what a wife they must be cooking and cleaning and going to get the groceries and it's just like it's not like that now some women that is their thing but that's not a requirement for that you know if you look up what a wife is that's not the requirement now if you come to the agreement that's what you're going to be doing etc etc but he is so condescending 
he is so degrading. I mean, it, honestly, it is borderline almost abusive, I think, like the way that he talks to her. And so, you know, and she, but she takes it. She doesn't stand up for herself instead of, you know, saying, listen, like I'm willing to do this, but I'm not going to do all of that. She says, okay, well, I can do this. I can do better. I will show you. I can show you that, you know. So they later on, they go to it. They, you know, he, and then he like gets this chef, like, you know, this is going to help you to learn how to cook, that you can cook. And then, you know, you know, he's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, stay in this marriage. And I don't know if that's the way he put it, but, you know, because I don't know if you are, if you can be the woman that I can, that I need you to be. I don't know if you, if you can be the wife that I need you to be, because for our housewarming, you didn't, you didn't get everything. You had your friends get everything. I had to help you clean up. I, and you know, he said, you know, if something happens, I don't know if you'll be able, if something happens to me, I don't know if you'll be able to take care of yourself, but it's just, you know, he questions her, her womanhood, her adulthood. It's like, almost like, you know, he treats her like she's a child. She a grown woman. And you know, he's not perfect. You know, he, and he's like, you know, I've paid off my student loans. I've bought a house. Kudos to you, boo-boo. Like, buying a house, not everyone wants to own their own home. There's a lot of people who would rather rent, you know. And paying off your student loans, it's like, okay. Not everyone wants to pay off their student loans. <laughs> that, you know, who knows what her goals are for her life. That was your goals for your life. Just because she hasn't does that, that doesn't make her any less of a person, doesn't make her any less of a woman. And she was so upset after that conversation. She was crying. And, you know, when she was talking to the camera, she's like, you know, he makes me feel so bad about herself because he is so condescending. Who wants to be in that relationship? And honestly, it's probably bringing up and triggering her past memories of the of the abusive relationship that she was in and in the preview previously in and in the preview where they're talking to Dr. Viviana next week she says you know she's crying and she says like when the way he talks to me it feels like he's beating up on me and yeah because he it is like he's verbally beating up on her he doesn't really say positive things to her and even if he does, for every three positive things that he says to her, he talks so negatively to her. It's like 10 times worse. It 10 times overrides the three positive things that he may ever say to her. It's like, who wants to be? That's not loving. That's not in a relationship. So while he's saying, you know, I don't know if you can be the woman. She needs to be like, I don't know if you the man for me. She is busting her behind trying to prove herself to him, to this man that's talking so ridiculous to her. And, you know, I don't even, I didn't perceive her, and I'm not saying she does have low self-esteem, but if she didn't, he's going to cause her to have low self-esteem the way that she, because he's definitely not building her up or like 
being, you know, positive to her. So I, I, I am not fond of him. I have been saying I don't think they're going to make it. And honestly, like that type of behavior, like I wouldn't want my friend or my sister or my daughter with nobody like that. And I'm not saying he can't turn it around, but it's just the experts really need to intervene like yesterday on because he that this is the foundation of a truly truly unhealthy relationship marriage definitely uh and she looked so hurt so that was that was really tough and difficult to see she really needs to start standing up to him don't be accepting of that girl Mm -mm. no sir and no (laughs) ma'am speaking of the uh previews also in talking to and you never know how like the the previews are edited because a lot of times you see one thing it ends up being another when uh jasmina and michael are talking to dr viviana jasmina says something like you know and i'm paraphrasing that like she doesn't get or i'm gonna i'm not gonna say what she says but that she doesn't get aroused by Michael I was like ooger them them is like that that that's a hard thing to come back from that's real rock like oh he he not turning you on girl okay your husband Ooh, I don't know what that was about but that's a real rough one to come to come back from also in the preview Lindsay says that something about like Mark not being able to handle her. Steve's talking about something's not sustainable. I don't know. So you never know how the previews are cut. But I'm interested in how Dr. Viviana is going to intervene with Katina and Olajuwon. Because, yeah, that that needs an intervention for sure. And I'm interested in whatever, you know, what's, what's, what's Jasmina talking about? She not getting, you know... Uh, you know, what's what's he not she not getting turned on by Michael. We got that's gotta be fixed, you know. Okay. <laughs> so whew, I will say um uh Jasmine and Michael like has been my favorites. I will I, I am worried about them. Um they still I'm still rooting for them. I am worried about them. S- Steven Noi, I still think they could possibly definitely make it, but we will see. Lindsay and Mark, I don't think they're gonna make it. I, 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 if they make it, good, but I, I think it, there's a high chance they won't. Katina and Lajuan ain't gonna make it. <laughs> and honestly, for Katina's sake, I get you a new, get you somebody else. Elijahwan has a lot of maturing and growth to do before he can be anybody's husband. That's just my thought. And that is my recap of season fourteen, episode nine of Married at First Sight, Boston. Thank you for listening. And until next episode, this is your girl Rochelle and I will be talking to you soon. Take care of yourself.